Section 11 of The Obscure Night of the Soul by St. John of the Cross. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 1, Chapter 10. How they are to conduct themselves who have entered the obscure night. During the aridity of the night of sense, when God effects the change of which I have spoken, when he leads the soul out of the way of sense into that of the spirit, from meditation to contemplation, where it is helpless so far as its own powers are concerned, spiritual persons have to endure great afflictions, not so much because they are in the state of aridity, but because they are afraid that they have missed the way, thinking that they are spiritually ruined, and that God has forsaken them, only because they find no support or consolation in holy things. Under these circumstances, they weary themselves and strive, as they were wont, to fix the powers of the soul with some satisfaction upon some object of meditation. They think when they cannot do this, and are not conscious of their labor, that they are doing nothing, but with great dislike and interior unwillingness on the part of the soul, which enjoys its state of quietness and rest. While they change from one condition, they make no progress in the other, because, by exerting their own spirit, they lose that spirit which they had in tranquillity and peace. They are like a man who does his work over again, or who goes out of a city that he may enter it once more, or who lets go what he has caught in hunting that he may hunt it again. Their labors are in vain, for they will find nothing, and that because they are turning back to their former habits. Under these circumstances, if they meet with no one who understands their case, these persons fall away, and abandon the right road, or become weak, or at least put hindrances in the way of their further advancement, because they make efforts to proceed in their former way of meditation, fatiguing their natural powers beyond measure. They think that their state is the result of negligence or of sin. All their efforts are now in vain, because God is leading them by another and a very difficult road, that of contemplation. Their first road was that of discursive reflection, but no imagination or reasoning can reach the second. It behooves those who find themselves in this condition to take courage and persevere in patience. But put their confidence in God, who never forsakes those who seek Him with a pure and upright heart. Neither will he withhold from them all that is necessary for them on this road until he brings them to the clear and pure light of love, which he will show them in that other obscure night of the Spirit, if they shall merit an entrance into it. The conduct to be observed by spiritual men in the night of sense is this. Let them in no wise have recourse to meditations, for the time is now past, and let them leave their soul in quietness and repose, though they may think they are doing nothing, that they are losing time, and that their tepidity is the reason of their unwillingness to employ their thoughts. They will do enough if they keep patience and persevere in prayer. All they have to do is to keep their soul free, unembarrassed, and at rest from all thoughts and all knowledge, not anxious about what they shall think or meditate, contenting themselves with directing their attention lovingly and calmly towards God, and all this without anxiety or effort, or immoderate desire to feel and taste His presence. For all such efforts disquiet the soul, 
and distract it from the calm repose and sweet tranquillity of contemplation belonging to their present state. And though they may have many scruples that they are wasting time, and that it may be better for them to betake themselves to some other occupation, seeing that in prayer and meditation they are becoming helpless, yet let them be patient with themselves, and remain quiet, for what they are uneasy about is their own satisfaction and liberty of spirit. If they were now to exert their interior faculties, they would only impede and ruin the good which, in that repose, God is working in the soul. For if a man, while sitting for his portrait, cannot be still, but moves about, the painter will never depict his face, and even what he may have done will be spoiled. So when the soul interiorly reposes, every action and passion or anxious consideration at that time will distract and disturb it and make it feel the dryness and emptiness of sense the more efforts it makes to acquire support in affection and knowledge the more it will feel the deficiency which cannot now be supplied in that way it is therefore expedient for the soul which is in this condition not to be troubled because its faculties have become useless yea rather it should desire that they may become so quickly for by offering no impediment to the operation of infused contemplation to which god is now admitting it the soul is refreshed in peaceful abundance and set on fire with the spirit of love which this obscure and secret contemplation induces and establishes within it still I do not mean to lay down a general rule for the cessation from meditation. That should occur when meditation is no longer feasible, and only then, when our Lord, either in the way of purgation or affliction, or of the most perfect contemplation, shall make it impossible. At other times, and on other occasions, this support must be had recourse to, namely, meditation on the life and passion of Christ which is the best means of purification and of patience and of security on the road and an admirable aid to the highest contemplation contemplation is nothing else but the secret pacific and loving infusion of god which if it be admitted will set the soul on fire with the spirit of love as i shall show in the explanation of the following verse end of section eleven